Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, and as is sometimes the case, I'm a little bit aggravated to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. A bit of a warning here. This is going to be very ranty. Uh, this has finally gotten to a point where enough things have converged that I'm just very frustrated by the conversation. So this is going to be nothing short of uh, a defense uh, against all of this ridiculous narrative stuff going on around Chris Bryant right now. So we will get back to the more regularly scheduled conversations that I had with the guys down in spring training. Uh, a lot of their thoughts on this fun time of year and what it really should be and hope springs eternal and all of that. But I wanted to come on and have this conversation because, as I said, I think enough things have happened now that it just needs to be addressed. In my mind, this Chris Bryant conversation has really just crossed a line with, uh, if you all have seen, and if not, I'll back up a, a couple of days and explain, right? So I was down in spring training for about five days, and literally on the day I'm driving back, this story breaks in The Athletic, these quotes that read very awkward to me. The second I saw them, of course, like most people, I saw them on Twitter first. I thought, well, that's a really weird thing for Chris Bryant to say. It does kind of sound like he's saying that he regrets signing with the Rockies. And in particular, he had a weird line about, I wish I had known a little better about the prospects, which is then where the quote ended. Now, let's get a few things on the table here. First of all, I don't have a subscription to The Athletic, and there are a number of reasons why that's true and has always been true. And I think it's worth noting that they've not had a dedicated Rockies reporter for over a year now. I do not know the reporter who wrote this story, but I know that it had to have been in a one-on-one conversation because nobody else who regularly covers the Rockies had any of these quotes, right? So, This reporter who I don't know writes this story based on a one-on-one conversation I was not there for. And so while my immediate reaction to the quotes was, that doesn't sound like Chris Bryant to me. And even now, I've been doing this 12 years. I have transcribed, I'll tell you folks, it's probably the least fun part of the job. I'm not complaining, but I have transcribed hours upon hours upon hours of interviews I know what a truncated quote sounds like. I know how these guys talk. I know that that wasn't the end of the sentence. I suspected that Chris probably said several other things in that conversation that weren't included in the piece. But I couldn't come out and say that because I wasn't there. Right? There was just something about it that didn't seem quite right to me. Now, luckily for me, I was on the road and I have also... Uh, weaned myself off of a little bit, putting my knee-jerk reactions immediately on Twitter every time something happens. Because a part of me, I did think about going out publicly and saying, I don't think people are getting this story right. Because again, I was just around Chris Bryant for five days. I talked to him a couple of times. A little bit one-on-one, a little bit in scrums. Guy's in a great mood. He's talking up his teammates. He's all of this other stuff. And so it seemed odd to me that he would slink off into a room somewhere with a reporter who I've never seen at Coors Field before, and, you know, just slam the organization and his team. Two years he's been here and things have not been going his way. And and I know that the prevailing narrative out there, again, I think a lot of this ultimately comes from people, is confirmation bias, that people already believe that he came here for bad reasons and he doesn't care. That narrative primarily comes from people who don't spend time down at Coors Field. And that's why I think this particular story is a perfect encapsulation of how this stuff gets out of hand 
and how you end up completely misinforming people. So this article is written and then it gets picked up by several other local media outlets and then it gets on national news. I see, I see Chris Rose and the guys talking about it and interpreting it, I will say, largely the way I did when I saw it. Now, I ended up being able to read the entire article and so much framing is done around these quotes that again, I had extra pause at this point, but I wasn't there for the conversation, so I can't say for sure. Now, oftentimes that's where it stays, but this was interesting because I've never seen this before. My 12 years of doing this, this is the first time I can recall a player calling a press conference of their own to clarify public remarks. I, I've, Nolan Arenado never did that. Trevor Story never did that. Charlie Blackman's never done it, right? And again, I wasn't there. Really bummed I missed this one, right? But reading today from Thomas Harding, who does an absolutely fantastic job, Chris comes out and says, in no uncertain terms, that is not what I meant. Context is everything. I was taken out of context. I have no room to talk. Like, he didn't just say, and that's the end of that. He he went on to say things like, it would be absolutely ridiculous for me to try to throw my teammates under the bus. I'm the one that's been bad. And, it's, and I didn't mean, by the way, the prospects. And there was some conversation about this even before he came out and clarified that when he said... Uh, prospects, he wasn't talking about the way we use that word in baseball, meaning young players. He was talking about his own potential prospects out there for contracts in other places he might have signed. Now, that can still read like, oh man, he wishes he would have weighed it more heavily and maybe he hadn't signed with the Rockies. But him simply saying, you know, it all happened kind of quick and I don't really know what the other prospects, in other words, the other teams I could have gone to were. That's a very different quote from, I didn't realize these young guys sucked so bad, right? Which is what the article very clearly implies and how most people took it. So now we've got this really interesting situation, which again, I think this all comes out of confirmation bias. I think that when you frame stuff up this way, when you know that there's already a prevailing narrative around these parts, or maybe nationally, that Chris Bryant doesn't care, which is a very easy thing to be able to put out there because the guy can't do much when he's hurt to fight back against it, right? Now, obviously, and I'm going to jump to the very end here for just a second. I'll get back to this. Like, how he plays on the field should matter way more than whatever he says in late February or early March, right? Ultimately, the legacy of Chris Bryant in Colorado is going to be decided on whether or not he can ever find his bat here or not, right? Not, not literally, you know what I mean. <laughs> he knows where his bat is. But this, I think for me, shows, and, and this is what I actually tweeted out, my ultimate take, why so many people, why players and fans have such a hard time trusting the media, why players oftentimes don't want to give us interviews and don't want to give us access and don't want to be candid because they know if they say something that can be interpreted in multiple ways, there's a high chance that whoever's writing the story or doing the podcast or putting it on TV or whatever they're doing with it, they can twist your words. They can make it sound like you meant something other than what you meant. And then they can fall back on this. And I've already had one other reporter today defending this athletic article in exactly this way saying, well, the quotes were accurate. Yes. So then the reporter didn't lie. Right? 
Now, but what they did do is misinform. Our job is to help you understand better. It is to inform you with accurate information. Doing the opposite of that is like being a firefighter who comes to your house and sets it on fire and then drives away. Like, no, that's literally the opposite of what you're supposed to do, right? You can take accurate quotes, put them in an inaccurate context, and then people are now going to believe. And I saw the way this was going viral. I saw lots of tweets from Rockies fans getting hundreds of likes, thousands of likes here. And there. like I said, it went national. It's being covered now on these other podcasts. Of, oh man, he slammed the Rockies organization. He slammed the prospects. And that narrative is going to continue to be the prevailing one. Despite the fact that he came out today or yesterday, or I'm not exactly sure when he gave this conversation, but said, that is emphatically not what I meant. I do not regret signing with the Rockies. I think our young players are awesome. And then he went on to like name as many of them as he could. Right? This was a full, no, I didn't mean that. I was taken out of context. Let me tell you exactly how I do feel about the topics in question. And there are people who are going to say, nope, that's just backpedaling. Or no, I believe not what he said emphatically and to a group of people who are around all the team, uh, the team all the time, and what is consistent with his behavior for the last two years. Instead, I'm going to believe these out of context, really awkward quotes that again, to me, were very clearly truncated uh, in the middle of a thought, you know? So yeah, then players go, well, I'm not going to talk to media if, you know, I say something and they go and they do that with it. And fans go, you know, I don't want to, how, how can I listen to the analysis or the opinions of these reporters if I know that, because that, that is a responsibility that you have in that conversation. Because like I said at the beginning, there's no way for me to say, that's not what he said, because there were two people involved in that conversation. One of them was Chris Bryant. One of them was the reporter. And I personally think, you know, and, and I know a lot of people feel all kinds of different ways about this. But if it was me and I'm that athletic reporter and I feel like, no, 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 I did not take you out of context. You really said those things. You really meant it the way that I framed it. I would release the audio of the conversation. I share my audio of conversations with these guys with you all the time. Not all of them. The ones where I think the audio is good. The conversation is better, right? But you've heard it on this podcast. I'll share audio with you guys. There's no rule against that. And if a player comes out and says, that is not what I meant when we were having that conversation for a reporter to just fall back on not saying anything at all, or for, for people to say, well, the quotes are accurate. So I'm going to decide. I think that's what he meant in order to further this narrative that I don't think Chris Bryant cares about being a Rocky, despite the fact that he's telling you emphatically and specifically that he does. Okay. You can choose to you know, play internet psychiatrist on somebody if that's your game. But that shouldn't be the game of journalists and reporters. That should not be our job. Ultimately, like I alluded to earlier, I do think a lot of this just goes back to how shocked people were that Chris Bryant signed here in the first place. And they immediately begun spinning yarns and trying to figure out in their own cynical way 
why a person might do that. And they came up with all of this stuff. An article was written very on by a local paper, person who's at a different paper now, for those of you that know, you know, that essentially tried to read his eyes. I'm not even joking. Like, I, I, I kept getting this on Twitter. I kept hearing from people. And again, it was strange to me because I don't always read everyone else's articles all the time. And I do spend a lot of time down there at the ballpark and I get, you know, a vibe of the clubhouse of interactions with guys. I talk to guys, I get a sense of what they're thinking about, what they're going through. And then I go on Twitter and people are saying like, Drew, how can you even say that about Chris Bryant? Everybody knows he doesn't even care. And I kept saying to people, what do you mean he doesn't care? And eventually somebody sent me this article and it, it just was, Again, this kind of thing that I don't understand why anyone thinks we can read people's eyes and know their intentions, their passions and desires. You can actually just ask another human being and they will tell you (laughs) The, the kind of weird judgment thing that's been going on with Chris Bryant since he arrived. And like I said, it's been super convenient for these folks that Bryant hasn't been able to stay healthy and be on the field and that his production, particularly last year, was way down. So because they know ultimately there's nothing that he can say. And this is the the part that frustrates me. There's an old uh, an old adage that I know from the West Wing, but it's a, a real old adage, right, which is that you never pick a fight with somebody who buys ink by the barrel. Now, for those of you who are a bit younger and, and use the Internet, ink was used to write newspapers back in the day, right? The idea, yeah, those of us who, and I'm included in this, if I've got the ability to go on a podcast and talk about you for an hour after you had a five-minute interview with me, right, I've got so much more power there to do the framing, to, to, to provide context. There's a responsibility in that that's very real. And that is the, I think the responsibility that's just because the Rockies have been so bad because Chris Bryant's play on the field can't back it up. He's never going to be able to say enough words. He can't say enough of the right things or buy enough Rolexes for Nolan Jones that it's going to stop this wave of cynical reporting about him, right? In the world of sports, unfortunately, the only thing that you can really do is play good and or win, right? And it's really too bad, like I said, because I do think in the long term, it does damage to the conversation, uh, to the relationships in general, to your ability as a fan to get real access to the players to be able to understand what they really think, what they really feel, how they're really operating. Because every time a reporter takes context into their own hands and decides that, oh no, well, I read his eyes or I read his heart or I read his intentions, or I'm going to decide that when he said this, he meant something that I'm pretty sure he didn't mean, but it's going to read that way. And that's going to get me more clicks or whatever it is, right? That kind of thing just it erodes trust in all facets of this whole thing that we're there to do and it's so incredibly frustrating that said there is a plus side to the whole all that really matters is your play thing which is that if bryant can come out and be healthy and i do think there's a strong possibility that this happens and has a really good year 
he can kind of shove it in these folks' faces, right? And he can, that, and that's the way you can kind of combat that narrative uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is if you just come out and ball out, right? And I think there's a possibility that he's done that. I've gone through all that before. We did a little short video on uh, Mile High Sports. Again, make sure you're following TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. But breaking down that at 32 years old with this guy's resume, he really should not just be done unless the injuries are unovercomable. I'm sticking with that word. I think we all know what I mean, but I don't think so. In fact, especially now, if there is a silver lining to this moment where Chris Bryant had to make the effort to come out and according to this Thomas Harding article, not only address the media, but address his teammates, I do think that that might go a step further toward putting a chip on his shoulder to making him feel like, you know what? Maybe I do have something to prove to these people. Yeah, I've got an MVP on the mantle, mantle. You know, yeah, I've got a World Series championship on the mantle. But apparently these people in Colorado are just going to be relentless on me unless I put together an absolute all-star caliber season. And I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest to see that happen, especially now. So... Watch this space, but man, I, I really think this was perhaps the epitome of running away with a preconceived narrative, having your confirmation bias, taking somebody out of context, and painting a narrative that simply is not true. So hopefully uh, enough people will read the Thomas Harding article that there's a, a enough of a pushback. And I hope maybe some folks out there, maybe some of the people locally who picked it up and ran with it, will come out and say, ah, our bad. We got that one wrong. Apologies to Chris. I doubt it, but, you know, they're human beings. And when somebody inaccurately tells your story, that's frustrating to all of us. Think about that. If somebody tells something about you or your life to somebody else and they don't get it right, so that no, that's not what I meant. It's not at all what I meant. Isn't that infuriating? I don't care how much money they're making. Not good. So those are my thoughts on that subject. Oh, that's my rant for the day. Like I said, I'll get back to I've got conversations coming up with Hunter Goodman, Ryan Feltner, Drew Romo, and plenty others from down in spring training. So make sure you're following along with us. Like I said, on all the social media stuff, on the YouTubes. You know the drill. Just keep being absolutely awesome out there. I'll keep being absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you. Bye.